0: Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the New Grad Physio to help New Grad Physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you, accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive New Grad Physio. As a new grad there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey enjoy the show
1: hey it's Andy back here and welcome to the new grad physio podcast in this special episode i want to specifically really address sports therapists and sports rehabilitators and In effect, give you some tips and tricks and show you how to compete with physios for physio jobs. So, I'm sure you already know, even if you're still studying, but particularly if you've already graduated as a sports therapist or a sports rehabilitator, and maybe you're finding the opportunities that you're able to access. You feel like you're being overlooked for potential roles, you know, in you know, employers are looking in favour of of sort of physio graduates. It might even be when you were on placement and you maybe were in a position in a sports club, a clinic, or or whatever sort of setting you're in, and the therapists, the physios who were there were allowed to do more than what you were able to do for, for whatever reason. Maybe you've heard stories of, I guess, therapists progressing getting those jobs in private clinics or even professional sport. But what they often end up doing is not quite what you want to do. So you find these therapists are just doing the hands-on stuff. They're just doing the soft tissue work, whereas it's the physios who are doing the assessments. You know, They're, they're doing treatment as well, but then they're also taking players and patients in the gym or out in the field to do rehab or to run them. Or whatever it may be, maybe you have questions about you know the degree itself, and maybe you should have done and study physio, or maybe you're questioning whether or not you should actually go back to university and maybe apply for uh, an MSc, you know, conduct a you know MSc physiotherapy degree, or whatever it may be. What I actually want to show you and and talk about in this particular podcast is know why you probably don't have to do those things, and how you can actually compete with physios for jobs that are traditionally reserved for physiotherapists, so the first thing I really wanted to cover in the the sort of podcast and talk about is. It's really what employers are actually looking for when they're looking to recruit a new grad therapist. So this is really regardless of whether you're a physio, sports therapist, or sports rehabilitator. So one of the things that they're not looking for is your academic sort of status. So what I mean by that is most employers will not care less whether you got a first, a two-one, or whatever else that may be. So... Before I qualified, I thought this was the primary thing that employers would look for. I I almost had it in my head that I had to get a first because I wanted to put myself uh, ahead of everyone else. And I thought that if, if there was myself and ten other therapists applying for the same sort of role, and you know three of us had a first, maybe three had a two one, and then the rest had you know whatever else. Then I'd get interviewed because I was one of those three that I had first. But you know, using myself as an example, it's quite quite funny to look back now. But you know, my my first job was straight into professional sport, and not once did my boss, you know, my line manager, whatever you want to call him, who was the head physio at the time at the Leeds Rhinos, not once did he ask me what qualifications I got, what classification I got. The only conversation we actually had about my degree was um during my final year I was I'd done a placement and I was still doing some stuff with the club. And he basically said to me, having offered actually me a job upon uh, graduating, he just actually asked mm-hmm. me I was just making sure that I was uh, gonna pass, because obviously there's a job on the table for me. And he just wanted to make sure that I was actually going to pass my degree so I'd be able to sort of qualify that summer, which at the time I think I'd already already passed my degree. I was on I was on a a pretty good level at that point before my final exams and my last sort of placements have been sort of ratified and and marked. And as it happened, I got first and I was really proud of that. And, you know, for any of you guys, I'm sure that when you studied or when you're still studying, you want to try and get the highest level of classification that you can. And I'm not saying not to do that. I'm not just saying just pass, get 40% and everything that you do. That's not what I'm saying because... If you are getting those sort of scores, then maybe you're not understanding the the content, maybe you're not putting your whole um, enough effort and time into those sort of things, which, again, is not going to get you very far in your career as a therapist or whatever else you do in the the sort of future. And that's not – they're not good skills. They're not good – it's not a good mindset to sort of have what you're doing. But what I'm saying is, you know – Academic status, whether degree classification or the actual degree you've actually got, whether you're a physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, is not the be-all and end-all. It's not what employers are actually looking for. What employers are actually looking for is a therapist that's competent. So they have the ability to actually assess a patient. They have the confidence in their skills to be able to use their hands on treatment techniques to use know their rehab exercises that they know they can actually coach uh, a patient or an athlete through uh, a rehab exercise or a series of exercises to actually help them get out of pain and get better. Employers are less concerned with, again, whether you're a physio or sports therapist, sports rehabilitator. they want therapists that can come into their environment, whether that's in the NHS, whether that's in private practice, or whether that's in professional sport, and actually make an impact and actually get results with the patients or athletes that are actually in that environment.
0: Hope you are enjoying today's episode so far. Just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill University Didn't Teach You that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio it's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com so make sure you check it out now let's get back to the podcast
1: so as a sports therapist as a sports rehabilitator you've actually got some skills that and attributes that no physiotherapist can actually rival so again There there are these misconceptions about the different degrees and the level of, I don't know, skill and what you can, I guess, what you can do in those particular sort of professions. But, you know, a lot of these are are misconceptions and it's just, it's your ability to be able to set yourself apart from other therapists, not physiotherapists. It's your, your ability to be able to stand out from the crowd and actually portray your skills, your attributes, and show your potential employer the great job that you could do for their organisation. So it's less to do with what, um, I guess, what label you give yourself and what label you have as a therapist. It's more about what you can actually do and what you can actually actually achieve. One massive misconception that I want to talk about right at the start is there's this big, um, almost like hoo ha, and this big. I don't know why it's why it's the case, but. Therapists, sports therapists, sports rehabilitators thinking that just because you've not studied physiotherapy, that you can't actually work in the NHS where you actually can. You know, So I actually employ a sports rehabilitator at my private clinic and she actually has a job, a role in the NHS. She leads a lot of the, the orthopedic exercise therapy classes and has actually a great role working at a, in an a- NHS department and something she really enjoys. So again, there's a misconception here that that you can cannot work in the NHS as a non-therapist. And again, this is this is not the case. So again, if that's an environment you want to go and work, there are opportunities for you to go and work in that particular sector. One of the big things though that you've got over a physiotherapist is physiotherapists sometimes can be, I guess, whether well, it's unlucky, um, but the way your studies work as a physio, you're you're told. Where you're going on placement so you're told you've got placement at this hospital or that clinic or whatever it may be and whilst you have core competencies so there are certain things you have to do so you have to do a respiratory placement you have to do a neurology placement and you have to do an msk placement but beyond that you can get sent anywhere so as a student i did uh, pediatric placement you know working with obviously with kids i did um elderly medicine placement and again these are areas that i had no intention of working you know, working in in the sort of future, and you know, in some regards, were I don't want to say a waste, but you know, I would much preferred. I was very certain that I wanted to work in MSK, I wanted to work in sport. Um, so obviously, I would have much preferred placements and experience as a student in those particular environments. But what you have an advantage over in as a you know as a sports therapist or sports rehabilitator. Is the amount of time you're spending in private clinics and sporting organizations, which for physios sometimes is so, so small if they're lucky. You know, I, I was very fortunate, I actually got two MSK placements. One in a sort of private hospital, and one in like a and a sort of remote outpatient sort of department, which was great. So I got ten weeks of placement. Plus, I was able to to nail and secure a an elective placement during my summer holidays and my second year um, at the Leeds Rhinos, which ultimately snowballed to a sort of paid job when I when I did qualify. But as a sports therapist and sports rehabilitator, all your placements are in those environments, in private clinics and sports settings where. In most cases, you get great opportunity to get your hands-on players, to get hands-on athletes, to get hands-on patients, which physios don't, don't get. And I've seen this so many times where you get a sports therapist or sports rehabilitator, and you compare them with a physio at the same sort of level of training when they, say, do graduate as a new grad. And quite often, the sports therapists sports rehabilitators are much more comfortable with handling you know, their patients. They've done it so much. They're much, much better at their soft tissue skills than physios at the same sort of level of, sort of training. So again, you've, you've worked in those those environments you've got the experience of working environments and to use sport as an example you know sport can be a pretty tough sort of setting to work you know it can be pretty high paced. it can be you know high pressure sort of environment as a therapist to get things done quickly and on time and and everything else and you know you having those experience can set you apart massively from from physiotherapists who've not had those sort of same experiences so how do you position yourself to you know to be able to get those opportunities that are traditionally reserved for physios so one of the big things that that i think does a again you can use use to your advantage is it's not what you um guess you can't do it's what you can actually do so again this is a this is a big barrier for sports therapists and sports rehabilitators in private practice. So, there are um, private clinics that will predominantly um, run their practices where they will see a vast majority of their patient caseload via insurance companies. So if you have a private medical insurance, you know, you'll usually have cover for certain types of therapy. Physiotherapy, for example, would be one. And you have an allocation of money generally that will, you know, you pick up an ankle injury or knee injury or shoulder injury, you can in your insurance company they'll say, oh, you've got X amount of pounds or you've got five sessions here, go and, you know, go and book in at your you know, local sort of clinic. And, for whatever reasons, I don't know the ins and outs of why, but for the majority of these cases, no, not all insurance companies, but for the majority of particularly the big insurance companies, um, they will only allow um appointments to be to be had with a physiotherapist and not a sports therapist or sports rehabilitator. But as a private practice owner, you know, I know the ins and outs, and I know for a fact, and every single private clinic owner will tell you exactly the same thing: is that we don't want potentially private insurance clients because the insurance companies don't pay that well. So you can almost earn double, if not more, if 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 patients are coming in and paying themselves. So we would call them self payers. So they come in and pay, you know, cash, card, whatever it may be, as opposed to claiming through their insurance policy. So every clinic, you know, wants no more patients, but every clinic wants more self payers because they want they want therapists. They want you know. You know, sorry, patients to come in and be and generally be self-paying, as opposed to claiming for their insurance. And also with the insurance stuff, there's a whole host of admin and invoicing and things like that, which you which you don't get when you get a self-paying sort of patient. So whilst on the face of it, you might actually see that as a sports therapist or a sports rehabilitator as an actual negative that you can't go and work in potentially those clinics. You can't because obviously you can still see self-paying patients and those remember are the patients that clinic owners like me like every other clinic owner actually wants in their clinic so how you can actually do this you can actually spin something that's potentially a negative into actually a positive if you can show how good you would be as a therapist that when you get patients that are coming in that are self-paying patients that are one are going to come back and see you because you do such a great job you're going to be absolute gold dust to any private practice clinic, because if you're going to do such a great job with their self-paying clients, you're going to build up that part of the business. You're going to earn that clinic owner, that clinic more money than you know a physio that's probably seen three times as many patients, but all insurance-based patients, because those insurance companies are pretty crappy and, and pay and pay pretty crappy money to to clinics. So again, on the face of it, that looks like a negative that you can't see you know, private practice, patients from, you know, from a number of, of sort of private insurers, but can actually be positive. You can spin that negative into a positive. And that is just just one way that you can position yourself to make you as, tra- as attractive as possible as, you know, as a new grad sports therapist or sports rehabilitator. So it's not always about what you can't do. It's about being able to to maximise what you can actually offer um, obviously draw on your experiences as a sports therapist as a sports rehabilitator that are already going to set you apart from the physio in particular the handling that, that that environmental exposure that you've had to high-paced you know private clinics and sports settings which majority of physios at the same level will not have that level of experience so i'd love to hear your thoughts if you're a sports therapist and sports rehabilitator and you're having these i guess these potential barriers that you think are stopping you making the progress, stopping you getting your your foot in the door at a potential you know, sports club or private clinic or wherever it may be, I'd love to sort of hear from you. So please pin me an email to Andy at I'm so passionate about helping all therapists, so whether you're a physio, sports therapist, sports rehabilitator, to really um, get the roles that you really want. You've know, you worked so hard at university, you've worked to studied, you know, sort so all those hours and all placements and all those assignments and exams and all the, the sort of pain you put yourself through to, to not only get a degree, but to get through the degree itself. So when you do qualify, it's only natural to, to want the, the best for yourself, to get the sort of best roles and to get roles where, you know, you're you're not overlooked, you know, for, to, to other therapies, that you're, you're actually using the skills that you've learned. You're not just doing massage, you're using your assessment skills and rehab skills with the patient's Athletes that you're potentially working with tonight. Take great pride in helping and mentoring Newga physio, sports therapists, and sports rehabilitators to actually progress not only in their clinical skills but also their career skills. So if you want to hear a bit more, you want a little bit of help in your own circumstances, whatever that may be, you feel like you just need a break, you just need that opportunity, I'm here to sort of help you out. So please get in contact, andy at newgophysio.com and I'll do my very best to help you out.
0: Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's New Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com, which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist or sports rehabilitator overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new grad physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The New Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.